variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Too often we rely solely or primarily on conventional medicine to treat symptoms and disease. But these can mask the problems, so we never get to the root cause of the disease. There are better choices. Welcome to Generation Regeneration with your host, Sandra Guy Malhotra. Conventional medicine does play an important role in effective treatment, but even more important are the daily lifestyle, food, and spiritual choices we make. Now, here is Sandra Guy Malhotra. Welcome, everyone, to 2016 and Generation Regeneration Holistic Radio. I'm Sandra Malhotra, your host. Thank you for joining me, whether it's live or on demand. We love all of our listeners and want to support those who embrace the fact that although they may be members by birth of the baby boom generation or Gen X or Gen Y, that they can choose to be members of Generation Regeneration or Gen R by the daily choices they make that regenerate their body, mind, and spirit. And just as a quick reminder, we changed up the format for Gen R Holistic Radio a bit for this year. The first show of every month will focus will, will be focused on our Abundance Cubed program for wellness entrepreneurs, where we feature Coach Noam Kastuki. If you're a wellness business owner, which includes holistic practitioners of all types, then tune in to learn how to level up your business. We want you to be wildly successful and able to touch many lives. The second show will focus on holistic healing modalities and lifestyles for sustained health. The third will focus on food and nutrition. And the fourth and fifth Tuesdays of the month, well, anything goes. So today is Anything Goes Tuesday, and our guest is holistic veterinarian Dr. Dennis W. Thomas. After two decades of practicing Western allopathic veterinary medicine, Dr. Thomas learned traditional Chinese veterinary medicine and became certified in veterinary acupuncture and Chinese herbal therapy. Always searching for a deeper understanding of healing, he studied the principles of quantum physics, which confirmed the idea that he'd always had, that he was not the one healing pets, but was rather an instrument to help direct their healing. Dr. Thomas has a holistic veterinary practice in Spokane, Washington, where one of his great joys is educating people so that they, too, can direct healing for their animal companions. He also wrote the wonderful book, Whole Pet Healing, which was published by Hay House last year, which is a phenomenal read and what we're going to discuss today. He and his wife, Lisa, share their lives with two dogs, Satchmo and Chloe, and a horse, Indio. Learn more about his approach and his veterinary practice at drdennisthomas.com. Welcome to the show, Dr. Thomas. I'm so thrilled to have you here today. Well, I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Now, let's jump right in and start discussing that wonderful book you wrote, Whole Pet Healing, a heart-to-heart guide to connecting with and caring for your animal companion. I love this book because it casts a new and deeper light on the significance of the relationship we have with our pets. 
and you spend the first part of the book discussing holism because this view really lays the groundwork for the rest of the book. So can you start by defining holism for our listeners? Well, Cedric, it's funny. Uh, I was thinking about that earlier, and, and I've probably been asked that question over 100 times, and I think I probably answered it probably different, different each time. Um <laughs> uh, and the reason the reason that happens is because holism or holistic is a it's a conceptual word and and it all we all have our own definitions for that and so that's where I think it's, it can be a little confusing and that's kind of what I try to do in the book is explain a holistic approach a holistic perspective when it comes to healthcare uh, for our four legged friends and so but but basically the holism comes from the Greek word halo meaning whole. And what that infers is that it infers from a health standpoint that that the the individual body, whether it's our own body or whether it's the, the, the body of our pet, is more than just the this organic blob of, of tissue and organs that's being run by a biochemical process. In conventional Western medicine, that's pretty much how we describe and explain the functions of the body, and, 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 and it also is how we explain the the, the pathophysiology of when we get ill, so that we we come from that perspective, and and uh, and the the holistic approach says it's it's much much more than that. We're we're more than just this this body that 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 we're in right here, and and I think we all are aware of this at some level that there's more to us than just this body and, and its processes. There's there's this essence that we we have that's, that's our beingness. That there there's this spiritual. Uh, uh, energetic process that we're aware of that that can't be measured in the lab, and so when when we take a holistic approach to to healthcare, and then we open our minds to understanding that that the body is much much more than that, and for us to, compl- to understand it how it functions, we have to broaden our our ability to to see that body, see how it works, see the interrelationships with the. Uh, uh, Everything that it it, it it comes in in contact with its reality, and and understand the effects of that, and and how do we do that? We we do that by the perfect perfect way to explain it is is I call it through having having a holistic approach means that your your brain or your mind is balanced, okay? And and the old the old terms that we used to use that people are familiar with are left brain and right brain function. So we've been taught that left brain function is our discursive mind, it's our rational mind, it's our linear thinking mind. It's it's the one that has cause and effect logic, and that's and that's really good and that's really important and that's that's what the conventional medicine uh, protocol or perspective is completely based on on the discursive mind, left brain function. But we also know, we know that we have another part of our mind uh, we call the intuitive mind, and and which they they used to call right brain function. And, and that's a, a critical component as well. And, and that's that nonlinear, uh, awareness that, that we have to, we have to stay in contact with. That's that place where the intuitive guidance comes from. That's that place where, where compassion comes from, nurturing comes from. And those are things that, that, that get, it gets quieted. That part of our, our mind quietens down when the discursive mind becomes overactive. And so we get an imbalance. And so when, when we're focused on conventional medicine, we are very, very imbalanced towards that left brain function, and, and it quietens that. And so we, we no longer become holistic. We need to have a balanced mind 
We need to understand that holistic side of ourselves, of our mind, and understand how we need to incorporate that in understanding how we function and how our pets function. Okay, yeah, that's a great definition. And I like how you explain that really relying on the left part of the brain, the logical, rational part, is where conventional medicine is coming from because it sees everything as data that can be collected in a lab. In other words, using instruments that can measure things and that everything can be studied in isolation, which is a term I think that's called reductionist in nature. It sees everything as separate. So you have a problem with one part of your body. Well, you treat that. And well, that can throw everything else out of balance, but Hey, well, you're treating that part. (laughs) So, um, which also well, brings true. us, yeah, which brings true. us to, uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead, if you had something else to add. Remember, remember, remember it, conventional medicine, uh, since the, the time of Copernicus, it goes all the way back to the, uh, to the scientific approach that deals with the body as being a material thing, the material uh, thing only. So it's all conventional medicine is based on Newtonian physics in the material world. That's why it has such extreme limitations is because the body is much, much more than the material body. And that's one thing that I'll get into is the energetic body and how yes. it completely ignores the fact that we have an energetic body that it not only functions, uh, but it also controls the material body as well. Yes. Oh, that's a really good way to put it. It not only functions, but it controls the material body. Mm, very important. And I think one uh, effect of the Western allopathic approach is the reliance on pharmaceuticals and surgeries. And you make a good point in your book. You say that most of the medical research is funded by a handful of huge pharma corporations with the intention of finding new drugs that will help fight disease. This is certainly not a bad intention, but it is also bound by a limitation of focus. On the other hand, studies dealing with methods of healing not involving drugs are poorly funded and therefore few and far between. This has slowed the tide of shifting perspectives regarding holistic treatment options, though the tide is nevertheless rising steadily. So that is very well put, too, about the fact that one of the criticisms about the holistic approach is that it's not evidence-based enough. Well, I guess there's two things that we have to say about that. One, that you may not be able to measure the energy body in the lab. And two, uh, there are studies that could be done, but they're really not funded. So <laughs> well, it's, it's sort of like a catch-22. You know, it's funny, it's funny. Most, most of us aren't aware of the, the, the conception of the pharmaceutical industry. We, it, you know, our whole lives, because of, of the distance between the inception of it and now, is, it's, it's gone on so long that it's become the norm, it's become the standard. But what we don't realize is that back at the turn of the century, things were much different here in the United States. And it's, it's kind of funny, if you read about the history of the pharmaceutical industry, it all leads back to the, to the imagination and, and, and ideas of one person, and that was John Rockefeller. John Rockefeller came up with the idea that and John Rockefeller and, and his two friends, Andrew Carnegie and J.P. Morgan, were, were, were very good thinkers. They were very good about uh, understanding how to make money. And, and the reason they did that was because they, were, they would look at the populace and say, what is it that the, that the, that the people need, absolutely need, and, and what can we do to provide it for it in order, in order to make money? And so uh, uh, Rockefeller decided, look at health care. Look at, look at disease. There's got to be everybody gets sick. Everybody has health issues. So what we need to do is find a way 
that we can monetize that. And what he came up with, the three of them came up with, was the idea of patented medicine. So what they, their whole idea was that if we can, if we can get a disease and we can, and we can have a treatment for it, a, a, a medication for it, and we can patent it so that no other medica- medication can be used for that disease, then we can capitalize it on it and make a lot of money. That's the whole concept. It, it whole, all started out like that. But it didn't stop there. It went on to the fact that they said at the time that this began, there were about 100 medical uh, educational facilities in the United States, and they were basically uh, based on functional medicine, homeopathy, energy medicine, things like this, traditional standard medicine been around for a long time. But what happened was this mindset, this, this conglomeration of people that decided to, to get into this patented medicine, what they did was they started an educational system that was based on the material body in the biochemical processes, because the biochemistry, when, when it gets out of, out of balance or out of whack, then it needs a drug, which is the patented pharmaceutical, that, that's the only, only tool that it has to, to combat that. So what they did was they changed the, the educational system so that the perspective changed, and it no longer looked at the functional body as a whole thing. It looked at the body as a system of biochemical processes. You see wow. what I mean? So they and yeah. so they started opening medical schools based on that on that perspective, and then as they gained strength and they gained power, they developed the FDA. They and they and they put pressure on legislature, and they had all the, the functional uh, medical schools closed. And so they they only allowed the medical schools that had that perspective to continue to exist. And the mm, whole let, system started no, let from me, that. Let me jump in right here. Yes, because we're we're getting ready to go to a break. And but you make an excellent point about all of this being about patented medicine based on the body that right. can make money. So it all comes body. back to the money, the material body that can make money. So okay, I'm I'm sorry to jump in on you here because you were making an excellent okay. point, but. <laughs> but let's get ready for our break. Uh, one thing I'd like to do before we go, though, is just do a quick shout out to our sponsors for today's show, one of which is Bella Organics. And they produce a wonderful organic line of body care products, face care and baby care products. And in particular, they have an amazing deodorant that's the best I've tried. Check them out at lovebellaorganics.com and use code Bella to get 15% off of their great products. And on Genar Radio, we also believe that food is the foundation of true health. Learn to cook to heal with Monica Corrado, teaching chef and holistic nutritionist. You can check out all of her programs at simplybeingwell.com. And thank you, everyone, for joining us. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra. And I'm here with holistic veterinarian, Dr. Dennis Thomas, and we're discussing his wonderful book, Whole Pet Healing. Stay close, and we'll see you on the other side of the break. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. It's here, announcing the launch of a new health and wellness community called whole-treatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments, all for free. 
we aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. Introducing the Abundance Cubed Coaching Program on Gen R Holistic Radio. Wellness entrepreneurs who integrate the best of modern and holistic approaches will fix our broken food and healthcare systems. So host Sandra Maholtra and creator of Masterpieces, Noam Kostuki, are going to empower them to do just that. We will help five entrepreneurs grow and unlearn limiting beliefs during this program. You too can learn alongside them by turning into Gen R Holistic Radio the first Tuesday of each month. Join us for an adventure in expansion. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click Register at the top right. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. And welcome back, everyone, to Generation Regeneration. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and I'm here with holistic veterinarian and author of Whole Pet Healing, Dr. Dennis Thomas. And in the previous segment, Dr. Thomas gave us a great overview of how medicine has gotten to the point that it is, where it is based on patented pharmaceuticals and is really a very large for-profit model and this applies to people and it applies to pets as well because we treat them just like we treat ourselves and it tends to be based on not a holistic approach but sort of a western reductionist approach so now dr thomas we mentioned holism in the previous segment and you defined it very well now Can you explain why this is a scientifically valid viewpoint and it's not fluffy woo-woo stuff in any way? Can you go ahead and do that? Sure. When when you start talking about understanding the the body and healthcare from a holistic perspective, you have to include the the reality that the that the body is, is an energetic entity as well. Because and that and that's counter to what the the conventional approach, uh, the scientific approach, is the material world. So, because when you look at the body and you start breaking it down and you break it down, you break it down into the tissues and the organs and the cells, and you continue to break it down to the molecules and the atoms, and then then you break it down, and then suddenly when you're dealing with the subatomic world, it it creates a whole new set of rules, a whole new set of sciences. And the subatomic world, because it is no longer under, it is no longer the same as the material world, it has its own science, and that's the science of quantum physics and quantum mechanics. So once we get into the this what I call the subtle energy components of the body, 
then the laws of the material world, which are based on Newtonian science, no longer work. It's like trying to play checkers using the laws and logic of, of chess. It'll never work. It can't work because there's two different, completely two different entities. So when you start talking about the energetic body, you have to start using the laws and the logics of quantum physics. And then when you start understanding it from that perspective, then it's not, it, it's just a different science. It's no longer woo-woo. It's no longer uh, mystic. It's just different science. So now that when, when we, we start, are starting to become aware of the energetic body and its influences on the physical body, then we can start ex- explaining it in a scientific, from a scientific perspective and saying, hey, not only is this how it works, but this is the reason that you can't explain it in your lab when your lab is based on the logics and laws of the material world. And that's where we're starting to get some breakdown of these barriers and some understanding of the energetic world. And there's been some wonderful research done out there by some really good people like Bruce Lipton at Stanford University in his uh, work in the lab, understanding that the energetic influences on the, on the, on the body cells. Yes. And, how, and so it's, it's just finally starting to get to the point that people are opening their eyes and saying, hey, this isn't mysticism, it is actual science. That's right. Yeah, I think it's generally accepted that the universe operates according to quantum mechanics. That's the most recent scientific paradigm. And so what tends to confuse me is that somehow the medical community thinks that the body is Newtonian, <laughs> yet the rest of the universe is quantum. It doesn't make any sense. It's, it's all well, quantum. And again, again it's, you have to remember is that, is that the healthcare system is has been status quo for many, 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 many years. And it's really hard to get out of that conditioned rut. And and remember they're 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 continuing in the at the universities, they're continuing at the medical schools and veterinary schools only teach from that those laws and logics. So yeah. when take take myself for example, I did four years of undergraduate school, everything was based on on the, the understanding of the body is material. Then I went yeah. to vet school for four years, and the same thing. Four years of pounding this intelligence, scientifically proven, scientifically documented about the material body. And then I get out in the practice for 25 years, and that becomes my reality. And so all of my experience deals from this perspective. But the fact of the matter is, is it's a very narrow perspective. The one thing about, about, the, about the energetic uh, subatomic world is that it includes very nicely the material world. It doesn't exclude anything. In the material world, when you're in that perspective, wants to, to, to completely ignore the fact that there's an energy system out there. Its laws will not accept that. But the laws of quantum physics will accept the laws of Newtonian uh, science, you see, because yes. it comes from within that. Everything is energy. Everything yes. is energy manipulated. Yes. Okay. Even, now, the, in- even the material body. Yes. Yeah. So... In your book, you also talk about the power of intention, how important that is. Can you explain why that's important when you look at things from a quantum mechanical viewpoint? Yeah, I, I, want, I want people to, to, to understand that something that's very important. And when we talk about energy, when we talk about the energetic body, we're talking about what, what, what I call subtle energy. And what subtle energy is, it's non-measurable energy. And, and we have a hard time wrapping our mind around it because most of the time we're using that left-brain logic mind of, of cause and effect. But it's not hard to understand. Take, for example, a thought or an emotion. We all, ha- we all have thoughts 
all throughout our day that, that, that play a very major role in our function. And emotions, we've all felt tremendous feelings and the effects that emotions have on us. But you can't take those emotions and identify them in the lab. You can't take a thought and, and prove that it exists in the lab. But they're very real. They have very strong influences us, on us. And so what we're understanding is that these subtle energies have major influences on the material body. But even the, the conventional medicine is finally starting to be aware that chronic stress has a negative effect on the body. I think we all accept that now. Well, where does chronic stress come from? It comes from thoughts. It comes from emotions. And those are all subtle energy. So what we're saying is that subtle energy in the form of good energy or in the form of bad energy will definitely have an effect on the material body. So when we start looking at how subtle energy works, then we start to understand how we can use that to direct our health. And, it, and to understand subtle energy, you have to understand that, that energy comes in what we call dimensions. And, and what this energetic dimension is like, it's like a, like a target. It looks like a target. So the middle of the target is the material body. And then the next ring out, the circle around that, is a higher energetic component, which that's where the emotions come, come from. That energetic subtle energy falls into that category. And then the next one out... That is where our thoughts come from. And so thoughts influence our emotions. Those, both of them influence the physical body. Beyond that, we start to get into what people call the mystic thing, the soul, uh, source energy, things like this. And so it just keeps expanding as we get out. And so what, so what happens is, the, is what I call the, the, the direction of influence comes from outside towards the, in, the, towards the bullseye of the target. So, so when, when our soul or our spiritual self has direction, it, it influences those lower dimensional energies, you see. So, so we, have, we can't, it, it doesn't work in the reverse. So what happens is when we're working with, take for example depression in people, okay, we, it's pretty much accepted that, that, that antidepressant drugs they make you feel better, but they don't resolve the problem. Well, of course they're not going to resolve the problem because the problem originated at a higher dimension. It originated with thoughts and emotions. And so the vector of influence or the, the position uh, of influence doesn't go the reverse direction. So the only way we can get healing is to work at the same dimension or higher dimension from where the problem originates. And so if we want to move subtle energy, there's only one way to do that, and that's with the power of intention. So if, if we learn how to control the power of intention, then we can manipulate subtle energy to, to direct healing. That's what it's all about. It's about understanding how subtle energy works. It's not voodoo. It's not mysticism. It's science. Fascinating. So fascinating. And what I find really interesting about this discussion is that we've gone through two segments now. We're just about to wrap up this one. And we haven't even started talking specifically about pets yet because we're talking about all these other universal themes that influence everything, us, nature, our pets, all of it. So it's coming. It is everything. It is everything. So, okay, well, thank you for that wonderful explanation. That was really informative. And let's get ready for our next break now. But before we go, I'd like to thank our sponsors again for today's show. One thing we'd like to emphasize here on Gen R Radio is not only the importance of what you put into your body, what you put onto your body. Because anything that you put onto your skin is absorbed and becomes part of you. 
Go to lovebellaorganics.com to shop for their line of non-toxic face care, body care, and baby products. And another thing we'd like to emphasize is gut health. Go to Monaco Corrado's site, simplybeingwell.com. Now it's time for a break. Thanks, everyone, and see you in a few. Your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. Welcome back to Generation Regeneration, everyone. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and I'm here with holistic veterinarian and author of Whole Pet Healing, Dr. Dennis Thomas. And he spent the last couple of segments giving us a very nice introduction to what holism is and why it is a scientifically valid approach to pretty much everything, the way the universe works, the way our bodies work, the way we're all interconnected. Now, Dr. Thomas, what types of modalities are used to treat patients in a holistic way? Remember, a a holistic approach means that I don't exclude anything. So a holistic approach doesn't mean just alternative. It means that we accept conventional medicine and and we don't throw the the baby out with the bathwater so it means if it needs a conventional approach, then, of course, that's what we, we direct. But we also include alternative modalities and a holistic perspective about healthcare, about how the body works. And so if we want to move into uh, a more holistic approach, then what we do is we start, start incorporating alternative modalities, especially modalities that deal with the energetic body. And so uh, traditional uh, Modalities that do that are, are uh, Chinese medicine, acupuncture, uh, homeopathy, 
some of the healing touches, uh, Reiki, things like this, that, that are designed to move subtle energy. And that's what we're talking about, balancing subtle energy. So because, remember, the, the energetic body is what I call the blueprint of the material body. So if we want to heal the body, the material body, then we have to deal with that blueprint. We have to get that blueprint balanced. And if we're just dealing with the, the material body, the only thing that we can hope for is, is reduction of symptoms and possibility of a cure. But we can't get healing without dealing with the energetic component. So we need to incorporate those modalities that deal with energy, the subtle energy and the, the, uh, how it affects the material body. So that's the holistic approach. People mm. think that so, because they, they, they talk about food, and, and that's good. That's an integrated approach, and that's all part of being a holistic is looking at everything that influences. We know the importance of good food, of, of healthy nutrition, but we also, again, have to know the energy component and the effects of it on the body as well. And that doesn't exclude anything. To me, as a holistic veterinarian, what I've learned over 35 years is that there are so many influences that in conventional medicine doesn't even consider. And the main thing I'm talking about is the energetic influence that the individual, the caretaker for that pet has on the pet itself. And so that energetic profile that that individual has has a major, major influence on that pet's health. And if we don't take that in consideration, we're missing a big part of the healthcare. Yeah. So how has this played out for you in your practice? Can you give us some case studies of how you've seen this interplay between the, the energetic state of the uh, caretaker and the pet and how oh, yeah. you've affected healing? Oh, yeah. Let me, let me explain it. One is that because that I only do holistic medicine, my, my patients are, are a different probably, you know, are different than most veterinary hospitals because the patients that I see, they are people that have pets that have been through the conventional medicine. They've been, they've come to the dead end. They've come to where there are no more answers. There are no more options. Or maybe the options that they have, they don't like. Maybe they've got a dog with cancer and they don't want to do chemotherapy. And that's the only thing that conventional medicine has to offer them. So they start looking for somebody that, that could give them other options. So the ones that I see come in the door are, are pets that have had chronic illnesses, pets that have got ongoing scenarios. And so they're, they're not the, the, what I call slam dunks, where a dog comes in with a mild ear infection and you put some ointment in it for a few days and it goes away. Mm. But the one thing that has blown me away in the last two, two and a half years of me doing this exclusively is that one out of every three of my patients that I see, that the, the, the person that brought that pet in, that pet's caretaker, the one that it's bonded to, has the same exact disease as the pet. Mm. One out of three. So the lady that comes in that has the cat with asthma, she has asthma. The guy that comes in with the dog that has degenerative joint disease in the hip, he has degenerative joints in the hip. But the lady that comes in with the dog that has diabetes, she's got diabetes. One out of three. And if we, if we put our heads in the sand and say that's a coincidence, we're missing a big component of healthcare. And, and it, sounds, it sounds remarkable, but it's not. When we go back to the energetic body, we go back to the laws of quantum physics, it has to be that way because the law, the law of quantum physics says that energy will find a way to harmonize. It's called energy entanglement. So the, my energetic body, when I have a close relationship with my pet, my energetic body is going to, to find a, a place of harmony with the pet's energetic body, and it's going to synchronize. 
and that's the laws of physics, and it will always do that. So if you, as a pet caretaker, if you've got health issues that have been going on a long time, or you, and I'm not talking about just physical health, I'm talking about emotional health, I'm talking about environmental disturbances, then it's going to play a major role in your pet's health. And we can't ignore that. It's not something that we want to start feeling guilty for, but it's something that we need to be aware of because I promise you, until that is addressed, that pet's not ever going to be healthy again. It's just impossible. It, it's, it's a, it won't happen. That's why they end up with me, because they can't find an answer. It, even the veterinarians are saying, I can't find out why this pet won't get better. And it's because the connection, you have to work with these as a, as a, as a unit, the caretaker and the pet. It's an energetic unit. And you can't ignore that. Mm. So how do you do that? Uh, take, take the case well, of the diabetes, for example. Well, yeah, well, how do you unravel ways. that? <laughs> there's two ways. One is that, is that you're, I can suggest to the, to the caretaker that maybe that their, their uh, medical needs should be at least expanded to alternative practices, energetic practices. Uh, and, and, and a lot of times they're open to that. Uh, the ones that, I, that are a little more difficult are the ones that aren't so blatant and, they're, and, they're, and, they, and they don't want to, to admit it. They, they feel guilty about it. So what do I, what I do is I know that I've got to, to help this person heal so that it will help their pet heal. So what do I do? I use how intention works, okay? So what do I do is I know that that person loves that pet and I use that. So what I do is I teach them how to become healers for their pets. I'll give them guided meditations and things that will direct healing for their pets. And what do we know about healing is that the healer itself becomes healed. And so if this person's loving intention is to direct healing for their pet, then they're healing themselves as well. It all works together because there's no separation. We just have an illusion of separation. Wow, fascinating. I, I also understand that your veterinary office is different than a typical clinical office. Can you explain how your healing room works? Well, it, it, let's just say that I focus on on uh, energy. I focus on the energy being good energy. We do a lot of, I do a lot of clearing negative energy. I, I do a lot of essential oils that are, are very healing. And so, so when, when a, a caretaker and their pet comes in, there's, there's a sense of well-being. They're, they're, I, I, had, I had a lady in yesterday that had a cat that like the, the regular vet calls him Mr. Grumpy. And every time she calls uh, and says that they're bringing this cat in, everybody says, oh, my gosh, you know, the cat tries to bite and scratch and everything. And he comes in here and he rolls on his back and he lets me play with his tummy and work on his points on his app. And he's just the happiest, relaxed cat in the world. And it's all about the energy. When you walk into, you know how it is when you, when you walk into a hospital, there's a whole lot of negative energy in there. It just, and it takes you down. It's, it's, you know, you hate to say it, but the worst place in the world for healing is in a hospital because of all the negative energy. So the food. I work on energy. I work on, 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 on directing healing. And, and, and people, I kind of give them a synopsis of how to prepare to come in so that they're in a mindset. I tell them, leave your, leave your troubles outside. You know, focus on the moment, focus on healing, focus on, on what your intention is, and that's providing health care for your pet. That's a loving intention. Mm, okay. Now, I should mention here that, again, your book, if anybody wants to learn more about this fascinating subject, is Whole Pet Healing. And you also have a radio show where you talk about this. Is that right? 
I did. I did with Hay House. I did that for about 10 or 12 weeks, okay. and I'm no longer doing that. Uh, but that was fun. We had a lot of, lot of call-ins. A lot of people enjoyed that. So uh, got to cover a lot of neat uh, topics. Yeah, a whole Good. lot of neat topics. Yeah, so put a lot of good information out there. So as you're practicing in this holistic way, do you find that people are becoming more accepting of this approach? Oh, for sure. There, sure. There's a, there's a movement in consciousness that's directing us towards that. Uh, you know, it, it's a learning process. I get a lot of people that come in because they're desperate. And they're looking for a one-time miracle. You know, their pet's dying or something like this, and they think they can come in here and I'll you know, do something that, that's going to miraculously heal them, and that's not how it works. Uh, it's, it's, uh, unfortunately, it's not. You know, a lot of these, a lot of things that we're, we're working on reestablishing balance and stuff that have been imbalances that have been going on for many, 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 many years. Yeah. And so it's not a quick fix. It's a, it's a commitment to a change in a direction of healing instead of one and just trying to, to get a quick fix and hoping for a cure. Okay. All right. Well, wonderful examples there about the deep connection that we have with our pets. And on the other side of this break, we're going to talk about one of the hardest part of pet ownership, and that is letting go. So we're going to get into that. But before we do, let me go ahead and shout out one more time for our fabulous sponsors. Speaking of food that is good for the body, if you want to learn to cook to heal, then teaching chef and holistic nutritionist Monica Corrado has the program for you. Check out the Cooking for Wellbeing Learn to Cook program with Monica at simplybeingwell.com. And speaking of body care products that are good for the body and not made of hard-to-pronounce toxic chemicals, visit LoveBellaOrganics.com to shop for their line of face care, body care, and very importantly, baby products. As I mentioned before, their cream deodorant simply rocks. So be sure to use code BELLA to get 15% off your order. And now it's time for our final break. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra, and I am here with holistic veterinarian and author of Whole Pet Healing, Dr. Dennis Thomas. And he has been talking to us about a fascinating new approach to caring for our pets. And we'll see you on the flip side with some more information from our very special guest. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. It's here. Announcing the launch of a new health and wellness community called whole-treatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com. 
or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks again for joining us today. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and I'm here with holistic veterinarian and author of wonderful book, Whole Pet Healing, Dr. Dennis Thomas. Now, Dr. Thomas, before we move on to a different subject, let's talk about other case studies where you've seen alternative medicine really help your four-legged patients. Can you give us a little bit more on that? Sure. I'll give you an example that happens all the time, not only in veterinary medicine, but in human medicine as well. I have a, a, a kitty cat that comes in. Her name is Missy. She came in because she had a history of having feline asthma, and feline asthma is real common in cats, and Unfortunately, we'd have to use some really harsh drugs in order to control it. So Missy had been taking these drugs for three or four years, and it had been controlling the asthma very well, but it, it had not healed. And so in time, what happened, we started get, Missy started getting real severe side effects of the drugs, and ended up doing damage to her liver. And so then she's, now she's dealing with an asthmatic situation and a, and a bad liver. So then the, her veterinarian referred her down to the veterinary college, and they did a whole lot of work on her liver. They took her gallbladder out and what have you. And so now they're addressing the liver disease and the asthma using different medications. Well, this went on for a period of time, and then the side effects of the medications ended up damaging the, the kidneys. And, the, and Missy went into kidney failure. And now, now the specialist, and she was working with specialists, they told her, there's nothing more that we can do. Your kidney is in kidney failure. The medications that it's taking for its other diseases has damaged the kidneys, and we can't, it's, it's a situation that we can't do anything more. It's time to put your cat to sleep. Mm. And so that was the recommendation. Well, Missy was uh, this lady's cat, and she, she was a single lady, didn't have any children, and she just loved this cat, and so she wasn't ready to make that decision. So somehow she found me, she Googled me, and she came in, and I said, okay, Western medicine has left us here, so let's try something different. Let's go with a different perspective. Let's start working on the energetic body. And so that's what we started doing. We worked on the energetic body. We worked on balancing. And we got that kitty back in the balance. And that was two years ago. And that, wow. that cat, Missy was 14 years old when she came in. She's 16 years old right now. She is asymptomatic. She's on one Chinese herb. She comes in three times a year for balancing. And she's completely normal. Material, her material body is completely normal. She is on no conventional medicine whatsoever. Wow. That, and it's not, it's not magic, it's not voodoo, it's just different science, different yes. science. Yes, that's right. Okay, now this is a big subject and an emotional one. Um, because as you mentioned, our, we form a strong emotional and energetic bond with our pets, but there does come a time when we need to let go of them. Uh, they, they do not live as long as we do, even though we would love them to. So in your book, you address this very well. So can you give us uh, a little bit of information about how the grieving process can be put into a different, more spiritual perspective? Well, I think, I think it's, it's you have, when you say the grieving process, the grieving process is obvious, you know, obviously post-material post, uh, body death. Yeah. But the letting go process starts you know, from the very beginning when we obtain a pet. When we get a pet, there's a realization that chances are that we're going to outlive that pet. So we're going to have to at some time go through this letting go process. Now, that letting go process may 
be just the, the pet dying and us going through the grieving process, but more, more times than not, we have to become actively involved in that letting go process. That means we have choices to make. We have uh, decisions to make as to what we're going to do if this pet gets ill or it gets old and it has chronic conditions and it, and it appears that the, cat, that, that the pet's not going to get well. So we have to intervene. We have to make choices. Let's, if you have a, a pet that's got cancer and, it, and it's been given six months to live and the, and the veterinarian is saying, well, we can extend its life by two or three months by doing chemotherapy. And, and so what happens then suddenly we're, we're thrown into this active process where we have to make choices. That's when we run into problems. It's hard enough for us to deal with the letting go, but, the, but also to become active, an active participant in this process is extremely, extremely difficult. And the reason it's difficult, the, way, the best way to understand this is to, is to look at why it's a problem. And, and the, think about it this way. If you're walking down the street and your neighbor comes by and you say hello to your neighbor and you're, you're chatting with your neighbor for a second and your neighbor says, oh, my, my dog's got cancer, I'm, I'm, I'm having to uh, uh, think about, let, I'm going to have to let it go, you know, my, you know. And so you have this compassion, sympathy, and you say, oh, I'm sorry to hear that, I, I hope things go well, and you move on down the road, and, and you probably won't ever think about it again. So, so but when it comes to your pet, and, and it's your pet, then suddenly you're, you're drawn into that drama, okay? So why, why, what's the difference between your neighbor's pet and your pet? Because it's the same, it's the same process. But the, the problem is, is that we have become attached to these pets. We have become attached in many ways, especially psychologically. Because what what causes us grief is this attachment scenario that we're having trouble letting go, and that's a very strong psych- psychological scenario. Because we have this unconscious belief that when our pet dies, or we have to let our pet go then our life is not going to be as fulfilled, you see. So we have this belief, oh, my God, my life is never going to be like this. My pet's always there for me and have all these reasons that, that, we, that we believe we love our pet, which is really a psychological form of attachment. And so the stronger that we're attached psychologically to the pet, the harder it is to let go. Okay, so what does attachment come from? Attachment comes from that discursive mind, that left side mind, that thinking process that we're, we're controlled by. And so that's what happens. So it creates this false sense of attachment. And so what happens is when we start dealing with it, what do we go to to give us answers? We go to that same discursive mind that set up the problem in the first place. Mm-hmm. So we, we go to our, our, the, the mind that we believe is our only, think, our only answer to, to try to figure out the answers to these questions, to these choices that help us out. And the mind has absolutely no ability to do that. The discursive mind cannot and will not ever give you guidance. It cannot do that. It cannot function that way. And what happens, let's say you have that pet that's, got, that's, that's dying and, and you're trying to make a decision if you should have it put to sleep or have it treated or what have you. And then, and then you go to your discursive mind, and the discursive mind sits there, and it makes a list for you of all the reasons that you should put your pet to sleep. And it's suffering. It's doing this. It's only going to live for six months. and 14 years old, and they're 17 years old. And it gives you this list, and pretty soon you're convinced. And about the time you go to pick up the phone to call the vet to say, it's time to put it to sleep, then the mind does a 180 on itself. And it flops on itself, and it starts creating a list of all the reasons that you shouldn't put it to sleep. And, and that's what, that, why does it do that? Because that's the way that it works. 
It only can compare and contrast. That's how it functions. So it keeps tossing you back and forth and back and forth, and you get, you have absolutely no guidance. And so the way, the first thing to do, and I tell all of my clients that are facing that, you've got to get out from the influence of discursive mind. You've got to find a way to quiet the mind, reconnect with that intuitive self, reconnect with that intuitive mind. That's where guidance comes from. That's where awareness of higher source dimensional energy. Because remember, when we move out into dimensional energy, we come to that space energetically where there's no separation. We are the same as the pet. And when you're in contact with that intuitive self, you become aware of that connection that you have. It's not an understanding, and it's not an intellectual understanding, but it's an awareness, awareness that there is no separation. And so your intention is it aligned with what your pet's intention is. And if your pet's intention is to transition, then you're aware of that. And it's a move, then you are aware that it's a moving process. You watch yourself pick up the phone. You watch yourself call and make a, make a commitment to go one way or the other, and you know that there's a movement. Life is moving you in that direction. There are no choices. There are no decisions. And you can only be in that way when you connect with that intuitive self, with that intuitive mind, and you look quiet in that discursive mind so that in the background and the foreground is that intuitive, what I say, that loving, uh, seat, I call it the seat of conditioning. Your, your conscious awareness is in the seat of your intuitive mind, which is love. Love, love, love. Wow. That's what wow. it is. So when, okay. when, you're, yeah. when you're out of there, compassion nurturing, all those things will come and then you see compassion moving you through and it and, and it's just a beautiful thing. It, it it takes you from a fearful experience to a loving experience. Wow. Okay. Thank you for all of that You're information. Welcome. That is just wonderful advice because that's one of the hardest parts of having a pet is that decision-making process, like you said. So thank you again, Dr. Thomas, for so much wonderful information today. That's all the time that we have, but I would like to direct our listeners to your book, Whole Pet Healing, and also to your website, drdennisthomas.com, because there's lots of great information there, too. So thank you again. You're welcome. And thank you, everyone, for joining us today. And we'll see you next week, same time, same place. And our topic for the first Tuesday month is the Abundance Cubed Adventure in Expansion. So next Tuesday, Nope will be here to discuss branding your business. And we'll also be joined by someone who established her own successful brand, Indy Lee, founder of non-toxic, eco-chic line of body care products that you can learn more about at IndyLee.com. We'll get great insights from No and Indy and play clips from January's Abundance Cubed group coaching session with our five entrepreneurs. Very insightful discussions were had that you may be able to relate to and learn from. So be sure to follow our Abundance Cube page on Facebook, our Abundance Cube page on Facebook and also tune into our program. Thank you again everyone for joining us today. Namaste. Thank you for tuning in to Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. Please join us again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. In the coming week, think of the changes that you could make to regenerate your body, mind, and spirit.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.